are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is the Lunch Break Podcast. My name is James Bodden, and you are tuned in to episode 18 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. And I am very honored and very excited about my guest today. His name is Ian Beaton. Ian is the sales and marketing director for Labor Masters in Fargo, North Dakota. He lives in a small farm community outside of Fargo and really has been involved in all aspects of sales. He's sold at a local level all the way up to Fortune 500, uh, getting into the C-level conversation, and he prides himself on being, and I love this, what he calls a five-tool salesperson, somebody who can prospect, follow up, close, manage the account, and create content. He has lived and breathed sales for the last nine years, and he's on a mission to spread the benefits of temp labor for businesses and to be a resource for new people that are getting into sales across the globe. And for all of those reasons, I'm just so uh, excited to get started. So Ian, thank you so much for coming on the Lunch Break Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, James. Yeah, so with that, uh, I feel like I've already been talking too much. Let's get into it. Uh, Ian, tell us how you got started in sales. Um, So it's kind of a roundabout way of how I actually got started in sales. Um, So quick 30,000-foot view of how I got started was I was kind of going through college not knowing what I wanted to do. And it seemed like all of the friends that I had grown up with throughout school, all of their parents were like business people. And it seemed like a lot of them actually were insurance salespeople. So I automatically um, equaled success with, with sales and not only sales, insurance sales, actually, as funny as that sounds. Um, so I went through college, uh, met my wife and her family. Her uncle actually owned an insurance company and said if I ever wanted to uh, get into sales, that he'd always have a spot for me. So I ended up getting into insurance sales right out of college. Um, and of course I thought sales was walking around in suits, uh, getting into business meetings and having lunch and being, being the ABC kind of closer. And, uh, I quickly learned that that wasn't that where (laughs) it was, uh, not as hardcore sales as I thought it was going to be and what I imagined in my mind. So I actually got out of sales for about a year and a half and I went into construction and, and, and started getting into my own construction thing but then I, I realized pretty quick that you actually need to be a salesperson to run a business um because i thought running a business was your you had your name you had your logo and then people would just call you i didn't realize how much sales was involved so i actually kind of got out of the, the business management role and, and just started being a grunt basically on the construction um squad my partner handled all the books and i handled the uh, working and there was always something in me that that wanted to be that guy in the suit and closing and, and working in sales and doing that, um, which is what got me into agricultural sales. I got back in to sales with a, with a startup um, in the town that I had lived in and in Fargo. And that's really where I, I want to say that, that sales is where I learned actual sales and what it meant to be in the art of sales because I was doing the cold calling, I was doing my own prospecting, I was doing my own follow-up, 
my own closing, my own, my own account management because it was a team of one. There was two sales guys there, but we didn't have a marketing department. We didn't have SDRs, BDRs, and, and all everything else. So you really had to be your own guy. And um, watching baseball, you know, that's why I have the five-tool uh, salesperson. Baseball is a five-tool player, someone who can do it all. Um, and that's where I really learned. I mean, I, I drank the, the Kool-Aid with the Grant Cardone and the Zig Ziglar's and all that. I really started to learn. And I got into a rhythm of cold calling and following up. And I was uh, doing all of that. Um, so that's where I really got If sales um, was the ship, the rocket ship that I was into sales, that agriculture company that I sold for was a fuel because that really got my platform of learning, okay, this is sales. This, this is actually how it's, it's supposed to be and how I had it pictured in my mind because I was going to meetings, but it came through work. Um, I didn't see the work behind it when I was in insurance. You know, that was a great starting point, but, but this company really got me going. Um, then transitioned into the role I'm in now. I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it wasn't for that role. So each step in my sales career has been an actual step, just getting going and going, going up. Um, so learning that base, learning the art of sales with that company got me into the position where I'm at today with Labor Masters. So a kind of roundabout, I was in sales, out of sales, back into sales. Now I'm here to stay in sales. I love it. I love it, Ian. And, and it's such an interesting journey because there are probably lots of people who have tried their hand at a sales role, whether it's insurance or retail or, you know, whatever it is, those entry level, low barrier to entry kind of sales roles. And I'm sure that a lot of people have a very similar experience. Like either they wanted to go into sales and thought it would be something different and then kind of, all right, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be next. And, and, exactly. or, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of times what happens with the sales profession is people don't want to be in sales because they think it's something negative or, uh, you have to be pushy or lie or, you know, whatever that misconception is. And then they get in and maybe sometimes that those assumptions like are, are, they come to fruition because let's face it, not every sales team and sales manager is out there doing it the right way. I, I had many experiences and, and have heard of many more that that first sales job, I mean, you know, lots of people fall off after that first year, I have to imagine. And, and what, what's interesting is that you kind of, it never really left your, your, your mind. And it was always something that you kind of knew you wanted to get back into it, but it had to be the right way. Right. And it had to, it had to be a part of that journey where you're taking each step and each step is kind of taking you to this next level. Uh, what, what's interesting to me. So you, you were at that agricultural company and you said you started, you kind of opened up to the world of the Grant Cardone's and the Zig Ziglar's. And so what was there kind of a conscious decision that you made? Or was there some sort of uh, other event that happened that said, like, I'm going to make the decision to think about personal development and seek out this knowledge and and 
dedicate time to listening to it and absorbing it and learning from it. Because I think that's such a critical part in a salesperson's career is there that moment when they decide, I'm not going to just take what my company's giving me training wise. I'm going to go find the things out that I want to find out and, and work on it myself. Yeah. So there was, there was that point because every salesperson, they all know what happens. It's you, it's you get hired on the company, they put you a month through uh, product training, and then they say, here's a script to follow and do that. And I, I was in sales before I got into egg sales. Um, but I wasn't really given like a script or anything. So I didn't know what was working, what wasn't working, because I'd been out for a year and a half. And I really wasn't super into sales right away. So I was literally a blank slate. So I was, I was following um, the script. I was making 100 to 150 cold calls a day, trying to get meetings, you know, following the, the common 100 phone calls, 10 meetings, one client, the 10% rule. I was doing that. Um, and then someone, I, I just wasn't getting where I needed to get to as far as the amount of meetings I needed to close and the commissions, because commissions is what I was chasing really right away. Um, and I thought, there's got to be something that I can look up, that I can learn more other than just reading out of a script. And somebody mentioned that they were taking a marketing class and said, you need to go check out Grant Cardone. Uh, he's a sales guy. So it was one of his very, literally one of his first videos that he had put on YouTube about him closing a deal on a phone. And I'm like, that's what sales is. I want to be able to take a, we're not interested and turn it into a million dollar contract. Yeah. So I, so I went through, I bought web, I bought the webinars. I, I mean, the eBooks, the webinars, the, <laughs> I followed them over and over and over and over. And I literally, I went through it. I did all the, all the math that he laid out. I did all, I printed off the 300 page eBook, memorized 300 closing phrases. You couldn't tell me something without me having in my head, um, not a comeback, but just like a, a way to handle that objection that I didn't already have rehearsed in my head. I had it down so pat that there was not a conversation that I was going into that I didn't already know what the outcome was going to be. Hmm. That's how into that type of sales I was into. And, and it was working. It was working good because when you, when you start as a new salesperson, you start and you're on one track and you don't know any better that there's a different way to sell. You get so ingrained with that that you see that it is working to a point. So yeah, you, um, to take to take what you were learning, but then the self development is key. And I wouldn't have done more self development. I don't think I would have had I wouldn't seen success with what I was doing through Cardone's material. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not getting paid to say any of this. This isn't a sponsored Cardone ad or anything, <laughs> or saying anything about that, but. If you're a stone cold, uh, cold caller, that's the material to follow. And, and I did, and I saw success with it. So I kept going with it. And I just knew that if uh, no one's going to teach me sales. So I had to go and teach myself. And that was through um, self-development, through those yeah. materials. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. I have a very similar experience with you know self and personal development. Grant Cardone was one of the first people that I ever saw as a, you know, this is a sales trainer that doesn't seem outdated or, I mean, you know, because I heard about Zig Ziglar, I loved Zig Ziglar. Right. But I knew, I mean, I just knew it was outdated. 
I knew that the the foundational things were there and those are always going to be the same, but I needed, you know, I was looking for that, that kind of current guy that I could look to and Grant was right there. And I remember, I mean, I, so I went on a very similar path of just completely absorbing everything that guy had to offer books, YouTube videos. I mean, I even remember watching videos of him conducting training at uh, auto dealerships back when he had a horrible haircut. Right. Yeah, and like, absolutely. You know Same what I'm page. saying? And, and, yep. and like, I wasn't even in car sales, but I was just yep. that hungry to hear him the way that he talked about it and, and the way that he saw it. And that feeling of that you spoke about of, of, before going into a conversation, knowing how it was going to end, that level of confidence is what uh, makes high levels of productive and, and hard work possible. Because, in, because you're not, if you're apprehensive and you don't know what the hell you're doing and you don't feel extremely prepared and extremely ready for what's about to come, then you're going to shy away from making a bunch of cold calls and writing a bunch of emails because you're you're not sure what the hell you're doing in the first place so you're kind of gonna you're gonna default to following what's been laid out the safe way to do things if i just kind of do these things and hit these mile markers i can stay safe and you know i'm not gonna go any farther but i'm also not gonna get canned right and right. so um and and another thing that i hear a lot and it's been this way f since the beginning of time i would suppose but salespeople that say oh well i'm not getting training my employer doesn't train me i have no training there is something called the internet <laughs> that is just full of stuff and and i think now that excuse is kind of like silly and 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 i i would hope that i would never actually hear that now if I were to ask somebody, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that you have to make that decision to seek it out for yourself and, and really kind of uh, make a decision on, do I want to be the guy who just does what the bare minimum is acceptable or do I want to actually be successful here and start making some money, you know? And so, um, you know, another thing that you talked about, kind of along your journey to where you are now is is that that role that where you were essentially just on your own doing it all right so right. you were cold calling you were emailing you were creating the content and again in a perfect world salespeople could walk into their role and they have this lovely list of leads that's been verified and a territory that's nice and juicy and some great customer stories and some great emails that have already been written. And, you know, you could just walk in and hit quota, but in the real world, it is not like that. So, so it, this kind of brings me to what you wanted to talk about uh, at a larger level, which I think is just so great. It's the idea of, you know, content creation and being more than just the guy who reads the script and the guy who sends the already written emails or the gal who leaves the voicemail message that everybody else is leaving. So talk to us about, about content creation as a salesperson and what it's done for you in your career and, you know, lay it on them. Absolutely. Um, so as I was going through all of 
Cardone's training. I didn't get on to the Cardone University. I always wish I would have just to go through it and see what it was all about. Uh, but I was as I was going through that, um, I just started using um, a little bit more social when I was when I was trying to sell. Not really that I was trying to sell what we were doing, but when you're when you were selling the type of um, product that I was selling, which was fleet tracking at that time, there's a bunch of negative connotations that came with it. Um, which you know, further in the conversation, will lead up to why it is with labor masters. But I kept on hearing conversations when someone asked me what I did, and I would tell them they would always have some negative remark or some comment or whatever. So what I started doing on LinkedIn was I would start posting those conversations. But then I would start fab not fabricating. That's a terrible word to use. I would start just coming up with um, imagined conversations. Mm. So I wasn't writing. Um, I wasn't like writing an article if someone said they would never use fleet tracking. Instead, what I would do is create a script and I would say customer A said this, customer B said this, customer A back and forth. And then it all came together at the end of, well, well, you should call the razor guy. So I was just, I was showing them what the conversation could be rather than telling them why they need to use us. Mm. And that started picking up a ton of ground with these fake conversations I was putting out there. Um, disclaimer these conversations were never <laughs> they were never done they were just um example conversations of what could have been so i wasn't like putting words in people's mouths at all sure um and i noticed that i was picking up way more um engaged prospects i was picking up way more ground with people that were commenting and liking the stuff i was putting out on linkedin so then that snowballed into me writing blogs and me labeling myself as at that time was the, the guy, this guy in this industry. So I started looking around and I'm like, there's nobody in this industry that is creating content about tracking. No one's doing it. So where do these people go when they're looking for someone, if they have any questions? So then that's when LinkedIn kind of started turning into this personal brand media social media platform rather than searching for a job and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go all in and i'm just gonna start branding myself and i'm just gonna start creating content based around solving future problems that companies may have whether it be solving a problem in a in a um, rote conversation that i put on as a post whether it was solving a problem in a blog post whether it was doing a weekly video it got to the point um about six months into this personal brand journey that we would be going to shows and I would be um, introduced to and people would come and be like, Hey, you're the LinkedIn guy that does all the videos and stuff, you know? So then a light when I'm like, this is going to take off. That's if I, powerful. If I keep, I'm going to take, it is going to take off. If there's people in Orlando, Florida that I've never met, walk up and say, Hey dude, you, your videos are sweet. I love them. And I'm like, we need to, we need to roll with this. We need to, we need to double it. We need to do that. Um, I started seeing results beyond cold calling. Hmm. My results from, from writing blogs and doing videos were outperforming what I was doing on the phone because I already knew if someone engaged on a piece of content that I had wrote, they're already interested. Yep. It's not just jumping on them like a lion. It's just, you'll notice if the same person starts liking a post over and over and over, then it, it's probably a good time to reach out and be like, Hey, James, I noticed that you liked the last three posts. If there's anything you want to talk about, let me know. Yeah. So 
and then that's another light bulb that clicks. Like people are way more engaging as a prospect when they want to take in what you're saying, mm. not not calling them at seven thirty in the morning asking for five minutes of their time. Yeah, it changes the dynamic. It's that you already know you have someone interested. You're not interrupting. So the conversation and the relationship that you have with that person is off to a good start rather than an interruption. Yeah. So then I went all in on, on blogging, on videos, on posting on LinkedIn to gain an audience in the industry that I was going because I recognize that there's no one doing it. There's no one creating that content. There's no one making themselves that brand of the industry and that known guy of the industry. And I went all in. And it got to the point where I wasn't even making cold calls anymore, but I was still setting appointments. I was still getting people in the door and I was still putting stuff um, out on paper. Yeah. I and if I would go ahead, I was gonna say if, if I don't think if I would have gotten into that initial, that initial LinkedIn post of just um, a conversation I could imagine going on between two guys talking about a product. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Yeah. Like that one. And whether you hit the LinkedIn wave at the right time, you know, is, is up for debate, but I was scared putting out that first content to brand myself as that guy, but I did it and it, it took off. It, it had a life of its own at that point. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the interesting thing about content creation because it's super nerve wracking you're putting yourself out there there i can imagine especially for a salesperson the imposter syndrome i feel like can can be such a huge barrier to even getting started because you know if you're looking at it through the lens that you did like i want to be an authority in the industry that i serve as a salesperson that that is is nerve wracking because you know, Hey, I'm, I'm actually a sales guy. And what if they find out, you know, like uh, people may that's think I the, have ulterior motives or that's the single biggest hurdle salespeople need to get over. I am seeing that now in my role. I've been in my role for a year and a half at labor masters and you're going to, you're going to get someone that's going to say something to you. It, you can't write something or you can't record something or you can't put something out there and have everybody like it. No. But the imposter syndrome is, it's, it's nothing. Once you start, it is something, but it's really not. Because if, if it gets in your head, it's like, well, geez, how do I, you know, how can I think I'm this person when I'm not? Well, you, you are that person. You, you are new into the industry or you've been in the industry, you are the person. You need to think uh, of who you want to be and just, and just be it. Yeah. And the imposter syndrome is very hard to get over. I've, I've gone through it. Um, and if anyone wants to read that, I wrote an article about my journey about imposter syndrome. And yes, it's a very real thing. But if, if you just, just do it, <laughs> just write that, write that first post, write that first blog, record the video, and just go with it. Yeah, just go with it. People are going to say what they want. So just just roll with it. Yeah. And I mean, look at look at somebody like Grant Cardone. That guy has tons of haters. 
Oh my time. They're all over. They're all, all over. over the place. And he loves it. Yeah. Because he, he realized that the only way to do this is to love it because right. you can't, you can't spend your day worried about, you know, the people that don't think you belong because to your point, it's, it's, uh, it is who you are. Right. And, and I think yeah. the, the, the thing to, that maybe could help somebody kind of move past that is look, if you have genuine intentions, right. I think that's, right. that's kind of where I found the, the way to, you know, push past it. Like regardless of what anybody says, I know what my intentions are and my intentions are positive. I want to right. help the community. I want to be a positive part of the community and I'm there to help. So at that point, screw you if you don't, you know, like me because I'm actually just here to help. And, right. and so, um, why, why is it important for salespeople to create content? I mean, we've heard your story and, and can see the benefits that you've seen from it, but, uh, you know, for somebody who's maybe just getting into sales or what I think is just as interesting as somebody who's been in sales for quite a while, why should they create content? As a salesperson, our, our job essentially is to sell a product. On a very simple, on a very simple um, explanation, salespeople need to be, they have to beat Google. You have got to be the first thing our buyers think of. They need to think of you before they think of Googling it. Creating content allows you to be that, that, uh, that voiced expert in whatever industry you're in. If you're a new salesperson, your job is to sell product, but your second job is to become famous in your industry. Um, and with that, it's nice to see as a salesperson to see the journey from your, your first post of who you are and why you're in the role you're in. Just creating content gives an outlet and shows your prospects that you're an actual person, um, that you know what you're talking about, you know your product, you know what it can do, you know what the day-to-day -day is. Um, creating content as a salesperson makes you real. It, it makes humanizes. you more than, absolutely, it makes you way more than someone that's just checking, that's just checking you out. You're an actual person. Um, for, the, for the seasoned salespeople, um, it solidifies that you're a seasoned salesperson. You have, if you're a seasoned salesperson that's listening to this, you have so much knowledge in the industry that you're selling in. Put it out there because that only solidifies what people are already saying about you. And it solidifies your stance in that industry. If you've been in the car business for 30 years, people already know you as the car guy. Why not prove it? It's just going to concrete your statue. Yeah. It's going to make you more of that person than before. And, and so go ahead. No, I love that. I love that. And, and I think it just would allow somebody who's been doing it for a while to, to, uh, you know, see what building a brand online really can do because it's not yep. just about your reputation. It's about the results. I mean, yeah. Your story is a perfect example of that. It, you know, yeah, the, the greetings at the industry conference is awesome, but 
the bunch of signed deals that you had based off of those conversations that you had at that conference is even better. So it, right. it for, for, uh, you know, anybody thinking that it, that it takes away from what a, what a salesperson's doing, it's like the exact opposite, you know, it, it, it's the way opposite. It doesn't allowing your salespeople to become their own person and become, um, to become not bigger than the company, but more known than the company is gonna only enhance how many people have eyes on your company. If you can get all your salespeople to be famous based on the content that they're producing about your company, you had gotta let them run. Why, what sales manager would not want four or five famous salespeople on their team where, where you can go anywhere in the country and people are gonna know, hey, you're with XYZ, your stuff is awesome. That's why creating content and creating that personal brand is huge for salespeople because the more famous you get sales famous, of course, but yeah. the more people know you, the more people know the company you're working for, which means you're going to have more eyes on your product, which means you're going to create more relationships, which means you're going to sell more, which means you're going to retain more. And the more you retain, the more you sell, the more you gather is more content you can produce. So starting creating content is just, this, is just a snowflake in a snowball of what your career can be and, and where it's going. But you got to start somewhere, whether it's starting with a story or starting with just a, hey, here's what I'm doing. You don't know where it's going to end because it's going to keep going. There's no end to creating that personal brand. There's no end to creating content as long as you are still working and as long as you're still writing and recording. And, and doing all the stuff to, to get your name out there, you're always going to have something to create on. Always. I love it. I love it. And, and I think, you know, for a salesperson to start establishing their personal brand and creating that content, it allows you an opportunity to be, an, to use your imagination. I mean, look at the first thing that you put on there, right? I mean, that's such a creative way to flip the conversation that is usually had, right? Like usually salespeople are, oh, well, you know, hey, do you have a problem with XYZ? Oh, well, we solved that problem. Or it's all about their company. Or even the good ones that are, that are you know, more about their prospects and their pain, a lot of the times it's just kind of dull and flat. And so, yeah. you, you know, creating your own content gives you that opportunity to, you know, show who you are as a real human being, use your imagination, use, you know, appropriate humor, um, obviously. And, and, you know, I think that that is spells good things for everybody, right? All the way up from that, that rep who's being empowered to create the content and getting to be creative and becoming authority in the industry to the leader, to the, you know, the C-suite. And, and I just love that, that um, not only have you been on this journey, but you're sharing your experiences because there's really nothing better than, than like proof, right? You are proof that building a personal brand and becoming a, a celebrity in your industry is a good thing for salespeople. And yeah, it's, I, I, it's a must. Yeah, yeah. And, and the day we live in and the time we live in now, I just think it, it, you're spot on. Everything you've said is right on. You have to do it. You have to do it. Um, 
So now, you know, you're, you're in your current role. Talk to us about what you're doing uh, and, and how you're, you're continuing to kind of go on your journey. Right. So um, right now I'm uh, the director of sales and marketing for Labor Masters in Fargo. Um, we're a daily and temporary staffing agency. Um, we, don't, we don't have the glamour jobs on construction sites or the glamour jobs in warehouses, but there are jobs that need to be done that some companies can't get hired to do. So they contact a day labor agency. They, they call us up and let me know, hey, Ian, we need three guys to help us unload a truck for the day. We supply the three employees, they come back and they get paid. My role in this company is to make sure that any business in the Fargo-Moorhead area runs into an issue where they need to hire someone for a day or need help for a couple of days. The first person they think of is labor masters. I've got to beat Google with my new role. Um, we, we work with 250 companies right now in Fargo-Moorhead. Um, we, throughout the year, we staff about 1,600 temporary employees that go out to job site to job site that are doing the unseen jobs of Fargo. When it comes to day labor, it's much like the salesperson, everybody has um, a thought of what, that, of what that thing is. Salespeople, used car salespeople um, have gotten a negative, a negative rap um, from years past, and day labor also has that very negative rap. What I'm doing right now with my, with my role is flipping that. I want to change the way, and our company motto is changing the way you view day labor one employee at a time. So we're putting out quality people. What I'm doing with my role is um, much like before, there's no one that's putting out content about the benefits of day labor, the benefits that it has to a community and to businesses and the construction sites and warehouses. And I'm taking all I've learned from, from creating a personal brand before, and I'm basically restarting. I'm now starting another personal brand as the expert in day labor. I'm the first person you want to come and talk to. I want you to think labor masters before you think of Google where we can get people. I want to be able to walk in a room and people say, hey, you're Ian with labor masters. Um, love your stuff. So from what I've been learning the last nine years, the role I'm in now uh, with, with labor masters is I get to start it all over again. I get to, I get to recreate what I've done before and see if I can tweak some other places. And in an industry such as day labor, it's, it's not quite a sales process because I can't just walk into a company and um, handle objections and get them to sign a contract for three day laborers tomorrow because they might not need it, you know? So, it's a lot more about content creation and, and informing mm. people and educating them about day labor and getting them to know that we are here, we're established, you know, we're the number one eighth, um, labor agency in Fargo without selling them to use us. Yeah. So becoming that voice, creating that content, um, educating the people, creating that personal brand, um, and being the person that, to be in the start and the first person to do it for labor masters, um, there's a road that I can, that I can go from there. I can um, use myself as my first experiment. So if I, I get it all, if I get it figured out um, and I get, and I get labor masters um, solidified at number one, which I know we are, um, you know, maybe I can start coming up with a plan for other people that are in day labor around the United States um, and helping new people come into the industry saying, this is what I've done. 
this is what works and it helped us grow labor masters and it helped us um, be the number one company in our in our area so that's that's what i got for labor masters um yeah. I, I, i'm throwing a plug if you want me to but <laughs> hey plug away man um so yeah if anyone's listening in the fm area if you if you ever run into a time where you need an extra set of hands and it doesn't make sense to hire someone full-time for a week give labor masters a call um we're located in an extremely convenient center of the town um you give me a heads up within about 30 minutes to an hour i could have someone at your uh at your place of business we do all daily uh daily weekly temporary as long as you need help for it we're here everybody at some point in time in business has needed help from somebody hmm. and i just want to let everybody know in our area that labor masters is here we're here to stay we're established the owner of the company has been in the labor industry for 20 years she is extremely knowledgeable and she is running an absolutely unbelievable company in our area um so if you ever need help give us a call labor masters i love it man and you know, I, I wanted to just highlight one thing that you said about your role and kind of the industry that you're working in, you know, and the fact that you can't sell somebody something that they don't know, you know, that you, they just don't have a need right now, right? Just the nature of what you're selling. But I think that that is really actually true for like the world that I live in and the B2B enterprise world, because, uh, you know, I think the old saying is at any given time, only 10% of your total addressable market is actually ready to buy. Right. Are they actually at the point where they're ready to buy? And so, again, speaking to your point of content creation, it's about building awareness. So as that other 90%, as they come around to the time that it's for you know for them to buy they think of you first and and i yeah. love that that phrase of of you know we got to beat google <laughs> that's that's that is salespeople's job is just getting known that's where your personal branded content comes into play there's a reason that companies are ranked number one on google other than paying for the ads is they're pumping out a ton of content yeah it's that it's that awareness and and it uh it can it's something that you don't have to wait for as a salesperson you can create it for yourself and and you can, i love that message it, every day i mean even on even on lunch break you know yeah we're, we're creating content on sales but also i can use this as as content for labor masters yep you know so it's it's not even that you have to have a pitchy content it's not like Mm-mm. there there doesn't have to be a call to action for everything you know, that's where I think the content's like, you have to have a call to action. You have to have them call you when they're done. No one said there's no rules at content creation. There's nothing there. No one's wrote a book on this is exactly what you need to do. The personal brand and creating content allows you to be the salesperson you were meant to be and who you want to be. Mm. It's, it's, it's taken and it's, it's individualizing and it's humanizing and it's, it's making you your own person, not just another script. You know, if, if you can always create it, whether you're on your lunch break, tweet something out, or oh my god, tweet. Hey, I guess it, it's, it's still, still re- yeah, that's still valid. I don't know why that popped into my head for whatever reason. <laughs> well, I love your reaction to you saying it because it's like, oh, tweeting. Um, whether it's posted something quick on LinkedIn, um, whether it's just taking a quick video, let showing people what you're doing. This, do you do not have to overcomplicate creating a personal brand? Um, like Larry Levine says, and this is not rocket science. It, this isn't rocket science. Just write an article, put it out there, 
start start brand is just start branding yourself as the expert as i love it speak it into existence everyone doesn't like lavar ball but guess what he got his boy on the lakers yeah yeah, that guy's a really good uh, uh, example. Speaks it into creating, existence. Yeah, creating awareness. <laughs> keep on, keep on telling yourself you're somebody, and guess what? You're gonna find out that you are that person. Yeah, and it starts with it starts with one action. You're you're spot on, man. And and so as we get to the end of the podcast here, I have to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast, Ian. What is your favorite place to eat lunch at, man? Um, well, being in the field most of the time, it is my vehicle, but I love me a deluxe spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. All right. Nice. You just got to make sure you get it, uh, before Sunday hits. Yeah. Right. Uh, lucky for me, I'm only in town Monday through Friday with my job. I got to drive, but, uh, if, if, if it's not that I'm going to a salad bar over at our local Hornbachers. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, well, Ian, thank you so much for coming on the Lunch Break podcast. I think you've just shed so much great light on, on um, you know, the ways that, that salespeople can continue to grow their career. And just thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks for the invite. And uh, I will be on. If you invite me, I'll drop the hat and I'll be there. This was great. Appreciate it. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 18 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys soon.